Wow. Good evening, good evening. Thank you, team. Wonderful. We'll get you to come back a little bit later. Have a seat, everyone. Em was bragging on uh, her team, but I want to brag on ours. I think they're doing awesome. And uh, I remember when Pastor Ben rang me and said, I think we need a kid's pastor out here. Been some changes. And I said, I think we know who could be the right person. And so proud of you standing up here tonight and growing in your capacity, overseeing two departments. You know, I, I love it. You know, that one of the verses that inspires me on the life of Jesus, not much is told of, of him from, uh, you know, from the cradle through to that moment when he's baptized in the, in the Jordan River. There's a little bit there where his parents lost him in church for three days, but that we tend not to spend much time there. But there, in, in Luke 2.52, it says of Jesus that he grew. Say grew. He grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and man. There was a complete development. And I actually personally think that as long as there's breath in our lungs, we should be continually committed to growing. I think things that are in the kingdom, they, they, everything should grow. We should grow. I believe his church should grow. Um, you know, people say, are you into church growth? I say, what's the alternative? Seriously. For God so loved the world. And God's got one plan for the planet. It's the church. And I'm so proud of you. I think you're out there. These lights are incredibly bright. I, um, but I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm okay because I'm a fairly shy sort of guy. And... Uh, <laughs> Apparently, um, yeah. So it's good. If you weren't here this morning, we're so glad to have you here. I know we've got some guests. I met a couple of folks in the foyer just before. We're so glad. If you don't kind of work out what Em and I were talking about, Hope Centre is a church based in southeast Queensland, epicentre in Brisbane, and the the five cities that are Greater Brisbane. We've we've got a campus in each. And five or six years ago, God began to speak to us about partnering with this church that is one of the most isolated cities in the planet, and. Uh, and we began this conversation, and the elders that are in the church, they're still here. We began those conversations, and God knit our hearts. It's not a takeover. We haven't come to take their name. We haven't come to take their property. In fact, we were talking about this just yesterday, Mez, weren't we? we said, people say, well, what's in it for Hope Center? I said, I don't know. I'll find out in heaven. And, and, and it's just the fruit of obedience. We're here to serve. And the cool thing is, as I'm standing on the Desert Life platform tonight, Pastor Ben is standing on the Hope Center platform right now. And so uh, um, I, I don't know who got the best deal. We'll find out. I'll give him a call tomorrow. And, uh, but uh, it's always good to have Ben and Dan and the team back. And, and genuinely, it, it's seamless now. It's just five and a half years into this journey and DLC people that go to Hope Centre, they just walk in like they're home because they are and I turn up. I don't even have a driver anymore. I get given the troopy. <laughs> Which actually, I feel really cool. I feel like a local. I wind this window down, put my elbow out the window. Just... Because <laughs> I'm a local now. Which is really cool. So we're going to do something really, really different tonight. If you were with us this morning, we began to share with what God's began to speak to my heart, to prophesy over 2021 that it's a year of homecoming. If you've got prodigals in your family, I declare it's a year of homecoming. If you've got people that have never met Jesus in your world, it's a time for them to discover the Father's heart. And if they've wandered from his house, it's time for them to come home. Can somebody say amen? And, uh, and tonight, this, I feel like we have got some unfinished business. And I want to pick it up. And we're going to go get, get excited about this. If you're young, get real excited. If you're not married yet, get super excited. We're going to go to the Song of Solomon. Yeah, every time you say that, someone goes, ooh. Uh, some guys are nudging their wives right now. Relax. Okay, we're in church. But in the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 2, we're going to go there. 
because uh, I, I'm in a season where I just feel so clear the Lord is guiding me and speaking to me about his church, our church and the church. And I'm coming today as a meteorologist, a weatherman. I feel like God is showing me some things about seasons. The season where I, I got off the plane yesterday and discovered there's a very special season out here right now. This poor boy from the subtropics, I nearly froze. Teacher walked into the year four class and said, boys and girls, we were talking about this last week. So I want you to remember, we were talking about seasons. She said, do you remember that? And then you know how the kids reply? Yes, miss. She said, how many seasons are there every year? And little Johnny put his hand up and said, miss, I know. I said, how many seasons, Johnny? He said, two. I said, no, Johnny. I said, no, there's two. She said, I told you there's four. She said, he said, I know, but I went home and talked to my dad. There's two. There's cricket and footy. <laughs> and all the blokes said, I understand Pastor Ben had the microphone turned off recently. <laughs> You're not going to find me talking about football at the moment because I support both the Broncos and the Maroons, and it's very sad um, right now, so... But the subject of seasons is where I want to go tonight. In Song of Solomon, chapter 2, the team are going to put it here on the screen. We do Bible karaoke at Desert Life. There we go. Oh, look, it's all pretty. My hair's going grey. Um, I'd like you to be quiet in the cheap seats. Chapter 2 of Song of Solomon, verse 10. My beloved spoke and said to me, Arise. Say arise. It's a big word. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. Probably said that in a, with a French accent. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth, the season, the season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. We'll push a pause there for a minute. Song of Solomon is, is a poetic dialogue between two lovers, the king and his bride, the Shunammite woman. Solomon, this, this beautiful lady. And I've actually been in, in a seminar in a church that I led as a young guy and I remember this, this couple came and they did an entire weekend of marriage seminar on the book of the Song of Solomon. It, it's, it can get pretty steamy, but we're not going there tonight. This is a different context. It's much, much more because there's a narrative between the king and his bride. We were singing just a few moments ago about that moment when the church of Jesus Christ was born. The church is the bride of Christ, amen? And some people go, oh, I love Jesus, I just can't stand his church. Could you imagine people saying to me, Wayne, I really like you, I just can't stand that, Lynn. You can't separate the head from the body. As I've already said, the church is God's plan and, and it's, it's got a few funny little aspects to it and it's got a few funny little people because we're a family, all right? And every family's got some weird uncles, and if you don't know who the weird uncle is, it's probably you. All right? But it's God's plan, the church, the family of God. 
And, and here in this, in this chapter, chapter 2, most of the dialogue comes from the bride. She's speaking. But in this passage that we just read, those few verses, it's not the bride, it's the groom. The king was speaking. And, and what I feel the Lord saying to me, he was speaking then and he's speaking now to his bride. And he wants the church to stand up and listen. He wants it to open a heart and receive what he wants to say. And in this specific word that God gave me, I still remember exactly where I was standing. And God burned these few verses into my heart. He said, speak it in the life of your church. Claim it and believe it and live it. And in this passage, there's, there's three things that I want to draw out. There's a call. There's a prophecy and there's a declaration. There's a call. There's a prophecy and a declaration or we could say there's an interpretation of the prophecy. So let's, let's just take a few minutes on that. The call is really clear. The king says to his bride, arise and come away. There's a simple law when you're interpreting scripture. It's called the law of much mention. Which basically says that if God says anything in his word once, take notice and obey it. If he says it again and again, really, really take notice because he's really wanting you to pay attention because the matter is important and the response is urgent. He says, arise, my darling, take note, I'm calling you. And, and, and I looked at that and as I shared this morning, when I'm reading scripture, I'm always asking questions. Like why would he say to his bride, arise? Well, was, was she sitting down? Was she lying down? Or has been the case as we've slowly but surely lurched our way out of 2020, was she just down? Was she just flat? And he says, come on, arise. Come on, get up, my darling. Arise. And, and you know... That very thought is reflected again in, in one of my favourite uh, major prophets, prophet Isaiah. He says in, in chapter 60, he says, rise and what? Shine. For why? Your light has come and the glory. I'm, I'm so consumed with this concept of the glory of God. The Hebrew word, the korbod, the weighty splendour of God is coming upon his church today. He says, here's why. Verse 2, see darkness covers the whole earth. You don't think darkness covers the earth? Have a look at the nightly news. I can only do it a few nights a week because it's just not good for your soul. But it's calling, saying, rise, wake up, get up, move. Let's face it, the fact, some of us are quicker to get up than others. I, I just find it intriguing that God in his wisdom loves in, in, in marriage relationships to put owls with fowls. And he did that in our house. Lynn, Lynn has to sleep in sometimes to around 5 a.m. And, 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 and her approach to waking up is very different to me. Mine is a process. Hers in, is an event. Bang, she's awake and ready to go. I'm, I'm okay after a coffee and a little bit of just being left alone. And I'm okay. You know, recently, this is a true story. Earlier this year, I was still in bed and she'd begun to make it. <laughs> I said, do you mind? Our team called in combat woman because that's who she is. She's like, bah. It's like, just give me time. I will get up and I'm worth waiting for, but just give me time. <laughs> Fact of the matter is, 
It ultimately doesn't matter how you get up, but that you get up. Rise. He says, rise and come away. There is a call right now upon God's people to come away, to spend time with him. He challenged me a little while ago about my prayer life. My prayer life had too many words in it. And I wasn't just coming away with him. Our early fathers wrote in in what is, is called the Shorter Westminster Catechism. It said the chief end of man is to know God and to enjoy him forever. And, and the fact of the matter is there's a lot of Christians that serve God, but we don't enjoy him. We don't just spend time with him, just getting lost in his presence. And I believe it, and I'm speaking this over each one of us today. The call of the king, the call of the, the one who loves his church is saying, would you come on, get up. I know you've been a little down. I know there's reasons for us being flat. I know everybody in the community is talking about this little germ that's created havoc and all this stuff. Come on, rise. Make a choice to get up. And not only get up, but come on, come away with him. Press into him. When was the last time you actually spent time with Jesus where it wasn't full of either whinging or requesting things? We call it prayer sometimes. Usually it's just moaning. Oh, He says, could just come away and enjoy me? And then he begins to prophesy. The prophecy is in verse 12. It starts with C. There is a thing in life, ladies, called the man look. I have them daily. I said, Lynn, where is such a... She said, it's in the drawer. I said, no, it's not, which means if I can't see it from about five metres away, it's probably not there. But (laughs) in this passage, God isn't saying, have a man look. The word means take particular note, observe, comprehend this. He says, see this. And here's the prophecy. The winter is past. And I'm not talking about what's happening as far as summer, autumn, winter, spring in our country. I'm talking in the spirit. The winter is past. We've been through some tough times. Zem said, lead a large group of churches. I'm in in touch with leaders around the globe. And I haven't met too many pastors and leaders that have, have really just felt like 2020 was just a fun time. It's been a winter. It's been a winter in our soul. Talk to some churches in some of the nations overseas where, where their Sunday attendance is down by 60 to 70%. And it's been a winter. There's no denying it. And it's been tough for a season. In the economy, it was tough. I was on a plane flying to Adelaide earlier this year and the pilot said, would you please be kind to all of the, the cabin stewards today? This is their last shift. And I turned to a lady and I noticed that she was sitting beside me and she was tearing up. And I said, do you know these people? She said, yeah, I'm friends with most of them. And she began to point out these people, some with the company, 20, 30 years or more. And and they were part of 1,200 people that that weekend were being made redundant. And it's been tough on some people. I I get it. Thank God we're seeing that some things recover in our economy, but it still affected a whole lot of people in all kinds of ways. said, "But but here's what the Holy Spirit's saying to his church. Here's what the king is saying to his bride. Winter's over. Now, it's not easy for us to comprehend in this part of the world what winter really is like. I I was in Jerusalem last year in the middle of winter. They have a real winter. 
I'm from southeast Queensland. Winter last year was a Thursday. <laughs> and so we don't fully get what, what, what the, the reality of what the king was saying to his bride, but the church needs to hear the winter is over. It's been day. Uh, it, 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 I really began to see it when, when we walked again. I was there twice in, in 12 months and, and winter there is cold and it's dreary and it's bleak and it's damp. And the king says, you know what? It hasn't been real good, but it, it's over. It's over. Because winter could have a negative, that kind of winter, especially can have a real negative effect on people. I'm married to a girl who was born for the tropics. She's regularly said to me, I'm so glad God didn't call us to the UK. <laughs> she means it. She means it. She, she just needs the sunshine. Because actually, medical people in the room can tell you there is a syndrome that's been identified that results from people not getting enough sunshine. It's called SAD. It's true. It's not funny. I'm being serious. SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. It's where your body doesn't produce the happy hormone of serotonin that regulates moods. Because we did, sunshine creates that and sparks that. And, and, but, but when we don't get enough sunshine, our body begins to make melatonin. Some of you take melatonin just to slow you down so you can get a good night's sleep. But if we have it, if we live with that, dominating our system, it can leave you tired all the time and stressed and depressed a little less sociable, even, even create some undisciplined eating habits. And when the king says, hey, I want you to declare the winter's over because some of you have been stuck in a time where you've been spiritually SAD. You've been lethargic in your spiritual disciplines, pulling back from some things. I've met a whole bunch of people. In fact, my kids' pastors last week, Em, told me of five families that came back to church last Sunday for the first time in a year. And they can't even fully tell you why. SAD. And some folks will tell you that over the last... I, I've had a lot of conversations. I've drank a lot of coffee with young adults, especially, who in the in their last 12 months or so just got caught up in some very... Poor habits, less in church, watching the wrong stuff on screens, feeding on the wrong things that mess up with your head and your heart. It's because they've been stuck in winter. But hear the word of the Lord. Winter's over. It's time for the church to come into the sunshine of his love. Can you say amen? It's time for a spiritual reset. I've been leading some people recently on, on just a time of spiritual renewal where we just accept the invitation of the king to come away turn off tv shut down social media some of that just the thought of that gives some people a rash can i ask you a question how much social media does your soul a whole lot of good make some choices Ramp up some things in its place. See, see, health doesn't mean I stop eating things. It just means I change the things I eat. I change the things I feed on. And then he begins to declare this. The winter's over. 
And then he begins to declare that it's a new season. Nature tells you, we, we live opposite this beautiful big park. It's got these, these magnificent deciduous trees. And, uh, you know, we don't have like what Melbourne has when the changing of the season and the leaves go yellow and then brown and then it all happens. But, but there are a few trees that actually respond that way to seasons. And you, can, and, and you can see nature responding to the seasons. And I'm beginning to see the church respond to seasons. We're not in raging revival around Australia yet, but I can see there's hope. I can see there's a thing shifting. Are you with me tonight? I, I mean, as I said just, just three weeks ago in youth, 56 first-time decisions. The other last two Sundays ago, nine people booked in for, for water baptism. The other Sunday night, 19 got baptised because people just began walking out of the crowd, being baptised in the moment. We used to have that when our church was in seasons of revival, Dan. And there's all kinds of things, and I talk to churches. We're just beginning to see some things, and, and, and the king begins to tell his queen, this, this is what the new season looks like. Winter's over. Summer, autumn, winter, spring. It says flowers appear in the earth. Flowers, they're beautiful. There's something magnificent when, when trees and shrubs and that all just burst into colour. And I believe that's what God is wanting for his church. It's not time for our, our conversations to be weary and dreary and dark, where we say, you know, the trouble is. It's kind of, let's get that kind of language off our lips. The trouble is, how are you? I'm okay under the circumstance. Well, get out from under the circumstance. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. He's made, come on, he's made you more than a conqueror. Hey, I believe it. Breathtaking. And he says it's singing. You know, every season has a sound. And spring is not a time for introspection. It's not a time for woe is me, but a time to celebrate. I got our worship team together just last week, Peter. And I said... I reserve the right to edit and audit your song lists because there's two things that our church needs to do right now. We need to sing songs of adoration and invitation. Adoration of Jesus and invitation of the Holy Spirit. Not those songs of, you know, I'm just a lowly worm struggling through life. I'm broken and I'm sad and oh, help me. No, no, come on, rise and shine for your light has come. Begin to declare our King is amazing. Begin to declare, oh, praise the Father, praise the Son. Well, that's the stuff and come Holy Spirit. I was standing in an open air prayer meeting at Lang Park just two Monday, last Monday night it was. And they began to sing a song. Group of Islander people, beautiful people, began just to sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And I'll tell you, the atmosphere shifted. Let's, let's sing songs of adoration. Jesus, you're amazing. He actually said, if I be lifted up, there's something when we lift him up, he draws. Let's sing songs of celebration. Listen to, the, listen to what the King David, a psalmist said. In Psalm 40, verse 3, this is what I believe the season is. 
I'll be having a chat tomorrow morning with our team about, let's, let's, let's ask these questions of, of the songs we're singing. Let's, you ask the song. It's amazing how many people, they, we, they just love to play that weary, dreary music in their house. That stuff affects you. Weary, dreary conversations. Oh, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Let's let the shift of the seasons happen in here before they even get to here. King David said, he's put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. He has put what kind of song? A New song. It's a song of joy. It's a song of victory. My good friend's been out here a couple of times. His name is Joel Holm. He's an American. Dear brother. I took him to a, an AFL game. See, I'm, I'm, in case, just don't judge me, but I'm fickle. Um, the beauty of living in Brisbane, we've got a, a rugby league side and an AFL side, and, and I just swing depending on who's playing best that year. And so this year I'm an AFL fan. And uh, <laughs> that's all I need to say. And we had, uh, we had one of the AFL Brisbane Lions players in our church and, and uh, I, I went to see him play and I took Joel with me. He was there to preach for the weekend. And uh, we won quite convincingly and he got up to leave just as the full-time siren went. And, uh, and he got up to leave and I said, where are you going? He said, why? I said, we haven't sung the song yet. <laughs> and we burst into song. We are the pride of Brisbane town. We wear maroon, blue and gold. And you, you know what I discovered with some research? The French have stolen the Brisbane Lions song as their national anthem. <laughs> How dare they? He's standing there killing himself laughing. He says, you stupid Aussies. I said, stupid Aussies, nothing. I said, you can't win and not sing. I said, hey, church, you can't win and not sing. He has made us more than a conqueror. In other words, we're living in the victory of a fight we didn't even have to have. Oh, I love to sing those really deep, sad songs. Well, discover a new joy, a new joy of your salvation. It's time to sing the songs of victory. It's time to celebrate how good our God is, amen. Give your heart. Permission to tell your tongue you're a winner. <laughs> now it gets really cool, and we're going to close in a minute. But he, he says that, that, that there's signs. There's signs that, 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 that there's, there's new life breaking out, and the flowers are happening, and you can hear the song in the air. But this is very interesting. And I had to do some research on this. Because I'm, I'm looking and saying, Lord, what are you trying to show me? It says, the cooing of the turtle dove is heard. The cooing of the turtle dove. You know what I discovered when I looked into this? There's only one time in the Middle East that turtle doves coo as the harvest is beginning. And the turtle dove begins to coo and it's saying it's harvest time. Didn't Jesus say, look to the fields because they are white for Harvest, it's time to get active. The turtle dove himself, the dove is a picture of the person and power and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I can hear the Holy Spirit saying to the nation right now, it is harvest time. Let me tell you, it needs to be. 
I'm working with politicians. I'm working with, with Christian leaders. And, and there's a sense of, hey, political change isn't going to change this nation. It's only going to happen by spiritual renewal. And spiritual renewal is not going to happen through some mystical end. It's going to happen as the church gets serious about evangelism and gets on with the job of pointing people to Jesus. This weekend back home, there's been 80 brand new people who this term did alpha. And they had the Holy Spirit weekend. And Lynn rang me and she said it was amazing. People who've been on that journey for six or seven weeks saying yes to Jesus and people that already have been filled with the Holy Ghost. It's harvest time, folks. And I'm not terribly interested in too many conversations about stuff in church that hasn't got soul winning on it. My business team did their budget for 2021. I said, go back and run that through the filter of the Great Commission. It's all about maintenance. It's all about looking after things and balancing and managing and and somehow preserving. No, no, no. It's time to rise and shine. It's time for us to pray like it's harvest time. Sing like it's harvest. Help the preacher. It's time to give like it's harvest time. Come on. The turtle dove is beginning to coo. I'm passionate. Australia needs Jesus. And I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, come on, I'm with you. I want to help you. So all everything we're doing, I, Pastor Ben is staying on in Brisbane for another couple of days. I fly home tomorrow, meet up with him tomorrow night. And then Tuesday, we're part of a series of, of roundtables that I'm leading right around Australia as we're asking people, what could we do together to win Australia for Jesus? It's time for the church to stop worrying about the little picky, nitty things. It's amazing how many people leave church over small things. I'm offended. Everybody's saying, let me tell you, you do some research into the word everybody, it's, it's four people maximum, all with the same surname. <laughs> it's time for us to get our eyes off that stuff that doesn't matter and hear the turtle dove begin to coo, it's harvest time. Begin to sing songs of victory. Begin to see atmospheres change as we lift up the name of Jesus. And the beauty is the dove that's calling us to harvest doesn't leave, it to leave us to do it on our own. Listen to what he promises. This is so cool. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, you will receive power. Who will? Tell your neighbor, you will. You will. I will. You will. You will receive power. Dynamite, that word is, is close to in our English language. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be witnesses. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. The ever-expanding circle of influence of the kingdom of God. Happening through you who now has the effect of not only the turtle. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't set you up for a loss. He sets you up for a win. He says, it's harvest time. Now let me empower you to be part of it. Is that cool or what? And then if you go to verse 13, you'll see this new season brings a number of things. It brings early fruit. It says the early vine, the early fruit is on the fig tree. And the fig tree is just prophesying, saying this is just the start. This morning people got saved. Some beautiful people with all sorts of different challenges in life. I was hearing a couple of the stories this morning. It's wonderful. Some of the, that whole, if you weren't here this morning, that whole section over there was full of young people. Going to Christian schools, but how many know not every young person in a Christian school is yet a Christian? 
And Dave and I, I think, were stopped and we were told by this wonderful man, said, my friends, my son's friend was there today and he said yes to Jesus. And tonight we're going to go and we're going to begin to have conversations with him. It's wonderful. And, and we're seeing little tiny bits of fruit, people getting saved that were here this morning. Wonderful. But how many know? That's just a drop in the bucket compared to a city that needs the Lord. But it's a start. He said the blossoming vines. Oh, that's interesting. All my years growing up, my parents, it, just, it, just, it must be the favour of God, but wherever we lived when I was growing up, we had mango trees. Not a lot of mango trees in Alice Springs, I've noticed, but... And, and they weren't none, not one of those trees, and I think one, two, three, four houses we lived in, they all had them. And, and, and they weren't those stringy, horrible ones. They were those big, beautiful Bowen mangoes. And, 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 you know, they came around about September-ish. There'd be these, just these little buds. Just these little buds. And you'd begin to salivate. Because those little tiny flowers on that tree says, you better get ready. Because there's something amazing on its way. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. The king is saying to his bride, hey, come on, get up. Get up. It's a new day. Come on, come close to me and get ready because there's new buds on the tree. And there's all kinds of amazing things happening. And he says the fragrance fills the air. One of our boys spent a year playing sport professionally in Scotland. Lynn and I went and visited him in 2014. And it's amazing in the Northern Hemisphere setting, the effect of the cold and the rain, it causes a stench. It's just damp and... I have no idea why people want to live there. It's just, it, it's just unpleasant. But when the sun comes out and the land dries out and the flowers begin to bloom, it's like, well, that's nice. That's beautiful. And that's what the Holy Spirit's saying. And, and I, you know what's really, really cool about that when I look at it? Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he says this. It, it, it won't be on the screen. It's just a thought. In 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, Paul says, he says, thanks to God who leads us as captives of Christ. Ready for this? And leads us in triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of knowledge of him everywhere. So tomorrow morning, you're going to go back to work. And there'll be some wintry people. And they'll be talking about how tough it is and how bad it is and problems here and problems there. And you walk in. And the atmosphere changes. What's that? It's more than cologne. It's the beauty of Jesus. He, he, he leads us and we walk into rooms and the atmosphere not only warms up, but it becomes there's a beauty about it. That's how we're supposed to be. Here's the question that I constantly live with. Does the environment change me or do I change the environment? 
We've got to realise that when Jesus called us to be salt and light, they, they, are, they are dynamic factors that bring about environmental change. And the king says, there, there's a fragrance everywhere and the fragrance is carried by you and by me. As we get around the harvest and we begin to share Jesus with the lost and broken and hurting world. So I'm going to ask the team to come up here because I'm lonely. And we're going to begin to worship him. And we're going to begin to sing that song, Peter. Praise the Father, praise the Son. And, and, and when we get to that verse that begins to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit and the church of Christ was born, I want you to realize that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You are part of the bride of Christ and the king loves you and he sees you as beautiful. We're not just this little group out there in the desert holding on till Jesus comes back. No, no, no. We're going to rise and shine for the light has come. And yeah, there's hurt and there's pain and there's trouble in the community, but we're the answer in Jesus' name. So some of you are going to go to school and college, workplace, family, down your street. Oh, we can't keep this beauty in here. You've been to a room? Where there's so many. When my mum died, our house looked like a florist shop. We got, I don't know, I think somebody told me it was 120 different floral bouquets. It just was everywhere. And it was wonderful, but we started giving them away because you can't just keep it all in one place. And that's the church. So we're here and we meet with him and then we go back and, and you walk in and there's conversations and there's moaning and groaning and you walk in. Something changed because you're carrying with you the aroma of Christ. And you bring a change. And you know what? The aroma is not supposed to, not meant to glorify you, but glorify Him. Because somebody says, what is it about you? And you have an opportunity. A little door opens for you to share the reason for your hope and your joy in the midst of a sad, dark world. So we're going to make some decisions tonight. We're not going to be S.A.D., Rain is over, the winter's gone. It's a time for singing, amen? It's a time for shining. It's a time for shining. It's a time to blossom forth the beauty of Jesus. So come on, we're going to stand up. We're going to sing this song and then we're going to pray for each other. Praise the Father, praise the Son. Praise Him. Come on. Tonight, tonight, we raise our hands and we raise our voice. We begin to change the atmosphere. We declare His good. Time of singing has come. This is our testimony. And the dead falls from their tombs. And the angels stood in awe. For the souls of all who come to the fire. 
here's something we all have to make a decision to do. Not just turn up, but arrive already with the garment of praise on. It's time to shift atmospheres. It's time to remind ourselves of moments like in Acts 16 when Paul and Silas in a dark, damp place made a decision to praise God. Chains were broken, prison doors swung open and people found Jesus. That is the day that we've come to. This is no longer a day for dark, dreary, damp times in the church of Jesus. It's time to rise. It's a time to sing. It's a time to respond to the cooing of the turtle dove. Amen. I want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray for you that, you know what? The Holy Spirit put this message. It's an unusual message for a Sunday night. The Holy Spirit put it on my heart tonight because I believe there's a number of people here that needed to hear it. I believe things are shifting in the atmosphere as we begin to prophesy, but I also believe that personally there's some application that God wants to work in our own heart. I think some of us in this room have been SAD. A little spiritually lethargic. A little under the circumstances. Can't explain it, but just tired and somewhat withdrawn. It's time to rise. It's time to hear the King, your God, your Savior, say, come away. Come back to that place of your first love. And I know I'm speaking to some people tonight and and I don't want to embarrass you, but it's time. Listen, the world is telling you that that it's natural to to be depressed and it's time for you to be so down and so dark. But hey, you're of a different spirit. You're you're, you're of a different kingdom. We're not bound by what they say on social media. We're not bound by what the community says. We're bound by what the Word of God says. We're from the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. And we love you tonight and want to pray the joy of the Lord upon your heart. If I'm talking to you tonight, I want you just to place your hand upon your heart. You know this word was for you. The wind is over. Place your hand upon your heart. Say, God, I've been a little down. It's been a dark time for me. Somebody in this room, and tonight I speak freedom over you. You've even had incredibly dark thoughts. Destructive thoughts. The wind is over. The dark time is over. It's over in Jesus' name. And I speak life over you today. Speak life over you. I pray for you to draw again joy from the wells of salvation. Speak blessing over you. I pray you'd be filled tonight in this moment. Filled with the Holy Ghost and joy. Filled with the Holy Ghost and peace. Filled with the Holy Ghost and faith. Pray you would step into the sunshine, the love of your God. You'd walk with an incredible new sense of, of just purpose and acceptance by a God who loves you. It'd be a spring in your step as you embrace every new day as an opportunity to live with Him and live for Him. Speak that over you. No one's looking around, but I just know some people right now, it's just you're receiving it. Almost it's like, God, I'm, I'm going to cast off the spirit of heaviness and I'm going to put on the, the garment of praise. If that's you, it's almost like I'm like, like tonight, I had to put my hands up to put this shirt on. And some of us just need to say, I'm putting my hands up and I'm going to put that new, new garment on. No more, that spirit of heaviness, that wintry, dark, bleak, 
thing that's had me down. It's tonight I'm, I'm going to rise. If that's you, just raise your hands to heaven. I just know that you. Just raise both hands. God, I'm receiving that right now. I'm receiving that right now in the name of Jesus. I bless you. I just pray that your heart and your mind would experience the renewing work of a kind and gracious and loving God that invites you to a place of beauty and love, of quietness, not just working for Him, but just enjoying Him again. Just receive what He has for you. wonder how many in this room tonight you can't fully explain why you even bothered driving in the driveway and coming in this room but it just seemed right this morning as I said a number of people said yes to Jesus for the first time in their life some they've they've done it before but they felt they drifted and they needed to reconnect you might be one of those people tonight I remember clearly the night I did that. Maybe this is the night for you just to say, God, for the first time ever, or after being away just too long, I don't want. I just don't want to be like this. I want to reconnect. I want it to be better than ever. I want to become close to you, a friend of yours, God, through Jesus. That you just would you let me pray for you by just like I'm doing just place your hand on your heart and if you're with a friend who's a follower of Jesus you might want to nudge them and they're going to stand with you in this moment if that's you just I pray for you that you would know what it means to come alive because Jesus is in your life pray that you would have that what the Bible calls joy that's unspeakable it's full of the glory of God pray that the confidence that comes of being in relationship with Him would you so fill your heart and your mind and believe for you and believe with you for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you made that decision, tell your friend or tell my friend Dave. Dave's right at the front. Just raise your hand, Dave. This good-looking rooster at the front corner here. He'd like to talk to you afterwards. If you come with your friend, if, if, if you're with somebody, just come and see him and say, hey, I made that decision tonight. Can I just pray for us all? We're going to go out. And I, I, I just believe we need to go out singing like the lion when the lions won. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah has won. Hear me. It's what the Holy Spirit's been saying to me a lot for about the last two weeks. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Lions roar. And the last year or two, there's been every effort known to try and silence the church through legislation passed through governments, through things in the media. We're supposed to sit and cower and shut up and slink into the corner. But it's time to rise and shine. It's time for the church to get its voice back, to get its song back, to get its voice of authority back. In the Who's with me tonight? So we're going to go out singing with that authority. But I, I just feel, I just sense, as I'm seeing all over this country, I'm sensing it's harvest time. And if you're comfortable, whether you want to raise your hands or just place them like I have right now, I just pray 
for a new anointing and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I'm going to pray for you this week for you to have opportunities and when the opportunities come for you to have boldness and confidence and authority in Jesus' name. If you're ready for that, open your hands. Raise them up high if you want. Just say, God, I'm desperate. I want more of the Holy Ghost. Begin to tell Him. Ah, See, He gives you the desires of your heart and if you're ready for a new anointing, you're ready for a new touch of heaven. I pray that for you in the name of Jesus. I pray there'd be a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. I pray that God would so cause you to explode with authority, with joy. I pray that He would cause you to be sensitivity, have a sensitivity to His leading, to people's needs. And I pray that you would so come alive in Him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Bible says to be be being filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray that for you tonight, to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray we'd move from that historic moment in our life and we'd move into that daily encounter, that daily infilling where the church of Jesus is so overflowing. Not only our lives are touched, but wherever we go, others are. Because of a God who lives in us. He wants to work through us. We agree for that. We agree.